Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the football betting weekend recap. I'm stuck in with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. I'm happy about the Ravens, which we'll get to. But I also have to eat my crow, or should I say Ravens, for trusting your hogs. What a pig slaughter. I I couldn't even believe what I was watching. Woo, pig suey. Absolute dumpster fire, dumpster fire. I don't know how we win a game the rest of the year. Just blow the program up. Give us a death sentence. Collins talking Razorback football. The biggest thing for me today was Willie Taggart's been fired. He's only won this many FBS games in his year and a half there. Willie Taggart this, Willie Taggart that. Is anybody paying attention to what's happening at Arkansas and SEC school? No. And how much money we dump into that program, the kind of boosters we have, the kind of money nope. that's in Northwest Arkansas with Walmart, Tyson Foods, how much nope. the, the $20 million stadium renovation that Jeff Long put on us, the nope. fact that we're paying our coach only a million less than Willie Taggart, the fact that nope. his buyout is over $10 million, the fact nope. that he has not won a game against a Power 5 team, even nope. his SMU and our, no one is paying attention to any of this shit. Mm-mm. But Willie Taggart's getting all the news for being fired. It's like that wrong coach was fired today, in my opinion. He wasn't even top five on the hot seat list. Listen, I mean, we get to, let's just get bet regret out of the way. I'll do, I'll do, you know, best call, worst call later. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. Here we go. Cheyenne O'Grady, our lead, our tight end, five fifth year senior, was around in the Bielema days. It's amazing. Brett Bielema has not lost any weight as a volunteer for the Patriots because he has not earned a salary in over a year. But sometimes somehow he's finding a way to still eat. Anyway, Cheyenne O'Grady is a tight end for the Razorbacks. He leads a team in yards, receptions, touchdowns. He tweets out Thursday, he's like, it's been really great being a Razorback. Next thing you know, 
Uh, Chad Morris announces Saturday when right after you and I got done doing our stuff, Chad Morris announces that he's suspended for the game. I thought to myself, this shit, he goes and announces Ben Hicks, right? We haven't got to seven losses yet. He goes and announces Ben Hicks, his, his bring over, his tra- grad transfer portal guy over from SMU to start for the game when we're not going to get KJ Jefferson. We're not going to get Grandbaby to start. Couldn't get any answers on that shit all week, even though they took reps. Why? Ones. Why not? Just put him in. The bet regret is the fact that I didn't go all in on a, on a Mississippi State minus seven and a half. On a, I mean, I did bet Mississippi State minus 290, and I sprinkled, you know, money line in other places. But Wait, your bet regret's not? My bet regret uh, is not hammering Mississippi State. I thought your bet regret would be betting uh, Surface Academy, laying two touchdowns. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't, uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't listen to you for one second on that. Had the, had the Trump uh, – I man, Army really showed up. Army's defensive line really showed up. Before we get into the college football recap and looking at weekday college football, let's get to your voicemails from this weekend. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Well, Colin, I'm out here during my second midnight since it's daylight savings time watching your Utah State Aggies just get their socks rocked the fuck off because they are so god bad. And I don't know if it's a combination of the referees hating them or the entire Romney clan just paying off the whole fuck. Pac-12 referee situation, but this is absurd. And here we are watching your boat anchor from your goddamn round robin just completely to bed. And here comes another BYU touchdown. I'm done. Sucking talent, BL from BR. It's an off week. Just sitting here sweating out this Utah State. Better have about six or, you know, probably even 12 cinnamon rim Christmas sales for this one. Hope you guys are ready to lay that hammer on that LSU money next weekend. Go, mother Colin, it's Matt from Canton, Ohio. Listen, love what you guys do. Appreciate all your work on the pod. Stucky, you got UMass nailed, man. They're one of the worst teams in college football history. You're right on with everything you say. You're forgetting one little tidbit of information. They beat Akron. Stop betting Akron, please. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Hey, guys. Nash from Colorado calling. Just want to give a huge shout-out to the boys out there in Charlotte. Even though that school might have the worst nickname or mascot in the 49er, that team wins us money. Great sign, Colin. Way to go, Charlotte. Keep it going. Andrew from D.C. Holy sh**. Ducky, I wish you would have told us before you put the picks in the app that you thought the noon slate was an absolute snooze fest and that you likely put zero work into making your picks. NIU down 28 before half. Syracuse down 24 at halftime. Was the minus three how many touchdowns they would be down? Is that what the minus three was for for Syracuse? All right, Jeff in Milwaukee. You know, we went back to the rice well, you know, again, you know, after what happened last week. And, you know, Colin gets some shit for dumpster diving. But, you know, going back to the 0-8 rice well, I'm on Facebook Live tripping Marshall fans about Doc Holiday not listening to music. Like, that seems they don't need to be on the playlist. They need to be on the do not playlist. They're f***ing terrible. Jesus Christ. I won too much money to even care to respond to your voicemail. All right, rant of the week. All right, let it out. This is your rant of the week. There's an epidemic in college football. Illinois was up 20. They scored 21 straight points on Rutgers turnovers. Three Rutgers turnovers, 
21 Illinois points in the fourth quarter. Literally, pick six, fumble six, fumble an Illinois touchdown. I was livid. Then it was at 48 points. And then, like, it's a blowout, and the game died. And I'm like, we, we're good, we're good, we're good. Illinois is running hurry up in the last minute. Hurry up! Running to the line, sprinting, stabbing the ball. And Rutgers, this fucking hero, stuffs him at the one. It was the second time they tried to run it at the one. This hero, I need to send him a cake. <laughs> and the, the Illinois quarterback looks to the sideline. Lovey's like, all right, now nah, we good. And they stop. And then they shake hands. Like, why? But whatever. You're up 30. Who cares? Georgia, what are you doing, Kirby? I had the under. So I cared about a broken run. But more than that, dude, don't be Mario Cristobal. The game's over. Take a fucking knee. <laughs> Why are you running plays? Like, there's zero reason to run plays. All you can do is fumble. There, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Yep. By the way, SEC refs, they need to check themselves, man. They become Pac-12 refs. The Florida games are just weird. But that catch that was not called a catch, that was a catch, that I mean, it was not a catch. It hit the ground. They called it a catch. Yeah, I mean, worse. My, my, my best bet of the weekend. I was but do you agree, though, with the Georgia running plays crazy? Yeah, yeah. And my best bet was actually going to be Georgia because I, I hopped on minus four but told everybody all the way up to minus six and a half it was good. I mean, we power rated at seven. So that was a great call by you. Great. And also, uh, BC. Boy, BC. Jesus, Ooh. man. If you cannot defend the rush, get out of the room. That's my worst call, by the way. Not only did Syracuse not defend the run, look, I played one game in my high school career where I was just like, the bully came in the bathroom and I was pants and he was whatever. You know, in the shows, they give you a swirly. That's what Syracuse's defense was. They wouldn't even tackle. BC was handing off dives and go for six yards every play. They almost had five yards in the first half. I was simultaneously watching Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Roll UMass, who you cannot set a line high enough. Buckshot. Throw for 500 yards in the first half. Did you watch the first half? I had Flow Sports app. <laughs> so you, thank God I covered. I paid $19.99 or something. It was worth it. I'm telling you. There was guys just running wide open. And I'm so mad they pulled Buckshot. Like, Liberty could have won that game $7 billion to four. So, like, could Ohio State win by 200? I don't know. Crazy. Unbelievable. I mean, Liberty just got pushed around by Rutgers. From the so. first quarter, uh, Buckshot had 300 and 21 yards passing. He was on pace for 1,200 yards. I mean, let me add on to the Georgia thing is that I wrote a piece, uh, and, and big help from Steve Petrella, our, our, our editor at Action, he's the best. Um, awesome guy. Yeah, shout out to Steve, because uh, we put together the college football playoff ranking, which is going to be out on Tuesday night, and we said who we think where the slot should be, and I went with Georgia number one, and I know people are really cannot believe that, and I said it even before the Florida game, listen, you're going to be pick minus one, minus two at Auburn if you get through this Florida game. I, I mean, I, I like Georgia against Florida. I'm going to like Georgia against Auburn. I'm going to like Georgia in the SEC championship game. So we'll see how far I can write this out. Let's talk SEC. I'll say my best call was sticking to my science of triple option teams, to be honest. And there was a lot of reasons to like Air Force and the line movement. There was a Doc Bob release, but like everything I know and everything I write about and everything I tell you guys all the time about service academies is just, it's just, it's so logical to me. I've, I, I've won every Army game except the Michigan game when I went against my logic. Now I got Army UMass. It's going to be the biggest. Trust me, I'm trying to look at college basketball shit, and then Army UMass keeps coming into my head. I am so <laughs> conflicted. We'll get there. I stuck to my guns, and I said, this is still triple option, triple option, double-digit dog, we're going under, blah, blah, blah. And it was 
football porn to me, service academy. And the game is electric, by the way. And Army almost pulled it out. And I don't even blame you for liking Air Force, but it's the trap that people fall into. Army is a model breaker. You can't model them. That's my best call. My worst call, I had many. I lost money on, I lost a couple units on Saturday. So I had many bad calls. Honestly, the one that I felt worst about, I mean, I've already mentioned it, was Syracuse. Uh, and then Arkansas, obviously. Jesus Christ. My worst bet by far was Utah State minus three and then filming uh, a nice little round robin video for everybody and including Utah State as my boat anchor piece for everything else because <laughs> Jordan Love beat them for four TDs the year before. Utah State has thrashed teams that have terrible rush defenses. The second I flipped on that game, it was a physical mismatch. And then the freaking Romney family tree was out there trotting up and down the field like it was, like there was no tomorrow. Baylor Romney's out there at quarterback. There's a Romney kid playing wide receiver. And that's all they're doing is just playing pitch and catch all day. Next thing I know, we're down by 21, down by 28. I've never seen anything like it in my life. And, and Utah State had everything in the numbers. I don't know what's happened to Jordan Love. I don't know what's happened to the offensive play calling. The defense is god-awful. Utah State has completely fallen off the map since Matt Wells left for Texas Tech. And trust me, for the few of you that lost a round robin uh, or at least a parlay of five or six legs, I feel extremely bad about it. But at the same time, I purposely include these 9, 10, 11 p.m. games so that if that's the last leg, you can hedge out of it. If you've won five of six, you should hedge out of the last one or at least get a little, you know, if you have, you know, 2,000, you're going to win 2,000. You should at least get 500 out of it just in case. So just, you know, bad call by me, but a lesson when we have a nightcap with Hawaii and Fresno and, and some of these West Coast games. Yep. Uh, my bad regret is honestly, it can't be Akron. I bet it plus six to close three. I can't regret that. I also added the first half under, and then Akron throws two picks on two consecutive passes to give. And then the game goes under, lose the first half under. I mean, it was the most embarrassed. I mean, Akron had like 1.2 yards per play against one of the worst defenses in college. I mean, I it's hard to watch, but I mean, it beat the closing on by three points. Right. It'll grade CLV wise, my best play of the weekend. Akron. Oh my God. But my bad grade is not betting more in Miami. I mean, I have Miami rated so well, more than ever, like a lot of people. And I just said like this is, it's, these are mirrors, but Miami's front seven is so much better than Florida States and Florida State stinks. By the way, we're going to go through every conference. We're going to go quickly. I'm going to, Recap what happened, and you're going to name one sentence, but, like, what was that? Indiana Northwestern steam. Speaking of, <laughs> let's go through. All right, so I'm going to go quick because we've been rambling a lot. AAC, Tulsa, we should have covered that one. It was a brutal, long, excruciating ride, but Tulane gets the win coming back home. Memphis SMU, wild. We need to spend a minute on this game. There are new things in betting that are called analytics two-point conversion bad beats. They're the right move. But five years ago, when I used to walk uphill both ways to work and school, when I was up 14 lane six and a half with a minute to go, I'm clean. I'm dancing. Now you got to worry about a team scoring a touchdown to go for two. And it's mathematically right, but God damn. So that's what happens. Memphis up 22 with eight minutes to go on SMU. Gets two touchdowns. Yeah. I feel so bad for people that followed late. Two touchdowns and two two-point conversions, and then the second one to an offensive lineman. But Memphis wins in a, in a crazy game. And, look, I didn't mean – people try to, like, at you. I forgot that you bet the under. Yeah. But it's crazy that SMU games are fucking ATM over. They're like an arena team. 
People thought that was yeah. like a troll to you, but like it, it wasn't. It was that this is a joke. 62 points in the second half. I thought it was doing fine. 62 points second half. Yeah, insanity. But Memphis is good, by the way. And Norvell might not be there come the last uh, yeah, regular season game. He's gone. UCF woke up. Navy rolled UConn. And good calling that over. And can we please talk about the craziest thing I saw all weekend? ECU, your boys. <laughs> they put up 623 yards on Cincy. They somehow still lost 46-43. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I thought, they were, I thought Cincy was dead. Yeah, they beat them 18-3 to in the fourth quarter. They had to come back to get that win. But Holt Naylor's was the guy that we remember from last November that had us all up at a tizzy in the offseason. He was doing everything. Us. You were a tizzy. Uh, I was okay, I, I mean, shit. He, this, guy was, this guy had 10 touchdowns and only two interceptions last November games. You're still in a tizzy. I mean, this Ehlers kid is like, he's got the ability. They call him Mini Tebow. What is wrong with this guy? Why does he only play in November? Is this a worrying thing for Cincy? Like, do, do I just throw this game out? Do you know, this thing, what this game does – the Cincy defensive numbers go – get crushed. Yeah. Is it just an outlier? Do I just throw it out? Like, I don't know what to do with this game. Like, Cincy's defense I loved. Do you see them against UCF? Yeah. But all of a sudden, they go to ECU. I know it's your boy, but 650 yards. Woo. ACC, uh, UVA beats UNC. UNC, another thriller. The Phillip Rivers of college football. UVA really didn't impress me much. Again, great. UVA, Clemson, ACC championship. Can't wait. Said nobody ever. Uh, Wake rolls NC State. Weird line at seven. NC State is very bad. Notre Dame, lockbox. We could have used that Voptech win for a win total, by the way. Bryce Perkins had five total TDs in his game for Virginia. He was throwing a jab all day at 13 catches or 146 yards on 16 targets, abusing Storm Duck, which I <laughs> lost money on you and say, rightfully so. They deserved it. Storm Duck, best name in college football. But I also had UNC Moneyline first half. And UVA scored a touchdown in the last 10 seconds to push it. But it should never came to that because, hey, Matt Brown, UVA lined up fourth and three at your 30 to punt. Fourth and three at your 30 to punt. Why are you lining up to return a punt? What's going to happen? You can't – nothing. They fucking ran a fake punt. Fourth and three from the UNC 30, and they got it. Like, how are you not prepared for fake there? And then Clemson uh, rolls Wofford. Wofford? Wofford? All right. Uh, <laughs> Big 12, Oak State, again. Who knows? Tom Wall's out. I would not touch that game. Didn't lean under. Somehow went over. But you figure out Oak State, let me know. Uh, the game we need to talk about, we were both wrong on. Kansas, is Kansas offense back? I mean, what, what was that performance? Yeah, they scored 10 points. They scored three points. They scored a garbage touchdown. They got absolutely rocked by Kansas State. The thing that shocks me is that Puka was held uh, his longest rush of the day. It was 13 yards. 14 Long. carries, 61 yards. Yeah, just a, just a really great performance by the Kansas State defense, really. Is Kansas so, State good? I mean – Skylar Thompson had three rushing TDs in this game. And, I mean, it's really just the Skylar Thompson show, it seems like. And, and But, I mean, Texas is a whole different animal, in my opinion. Let's talk Big Ten. Illinois rocks Rutgers. Uh, thanks for the steam, somebody, because I wanted to bet Rutgers plus 20. It didn't get there, so I bet Rutgers plus 10 and a half first half. Thank God. Michigan rolls Maryland. Any comment on Maryland? They just get trucked by every good team, I try to tell you, but I didn't watch. Yeah. Loxley's, uh, I mean, he's only in his first year, so. Him getting fired would be amazing in his first year, but they're not improved. I mean, they were better with Matt Cannon on an interim basis. Uh, good call on Purdue. I don't know. I mean, that's a sad loss, but Purdue loses their plumber, their yep. backup quarterback. Yep. Still goes down the field at Nebraska scores and wins. Nebraska's sad. Sad. 
What was Listen, the, we were betting them. What was their future? 20 to 1? <laughs> 25, open 25 to 1 at Westgate to win the national. What are they title. now? 16 trillion to 1? I will say this. Listen, Purdue is going to return every single player on that roster next year, or at least be high in returning production with what's currently on the roster. But I mean, with the ending out with Northwestern, Wisconsin, and, and Indiana, they have a chance to lose out, which is going to put massive value on taking Braum season win total over. That is if he survives and he's still the head coach there because there's going to be some openings coming up, some big openings. I know he's already turned out of Louisville, but that job may be open again if Satterfield decides gets a buyout. His buyout's really small. So, I mean, it, it could be a crazy carousel offseason. All right, let me ask you this. We uh, By the way, Indiana rolled Northwestern. Great for the Indians. They're 7-2. and two. I texted a friend of mine. He said, what is this Northwestern team? I said, Phoenix is probably out. Yeah. That's my assumption. No. I don't know what that Northwestern team was. Insanity. By the way, Northwestern under, again, just this team stinks. We have UMass or Northwestern in two weeks. Yeah. Oh, my God. I told my friend, you set the line Northwestern minus 48, and the over-under at 44. Unprecedented, what? but you do it. I got the number here in front of me. What do you think it is? 42 and a half. That's amazing. It's minus 41. Minus 41 and a half as of the projection right now. I mean, Northwestern, I think, might be dead last in yards per play now, which is right. funny. Uh, I think you said it at 48, Northwestern minus 48, over-under, 40. You just fuck with people. You can't – I mean, I don't know how to bet that game. Do you still think that next year potentially is the year for Nebraska, or are you now more hesitant to say that? So I trust Scott Frost, a great head coach. Uh, I think he's trying to get this – you know, trying to get his players in place. I think he's got a vision for the program. And when you look at his post-game comments last week, it was, we are finding new and creative ways to lose games. They had one of the worst second-order win totals last year. They're going to end up with one this year. And then after this game against Purdue, we have absolutely no focus whatsoever. We drill them all week in practice, technique, execution, and then we lose focus during games. So I don't know if it's just the roster. His defensive coordinator is very highly thought of, and so is he. And he says after the game, my players lose complete focus. So what I think I need to see is can you at least once here to end up November, can you at least once show up with this team focused? And can you stop turning the damn ball over? And if you can, then yeah, we're gonna ride your, we're gonna ride you hard in the off season. So you want to see a focus loss ability to motivate this team when they're not going anywhere because that will speak to where you can get them next year, right? Yes, it's yeah, clear. absolutely. Fair enough. Much more than that. Off season pods, rest of the year, blah blah blah. Uh, Conference USA. I hate you, Rice. UTSA, sure. UTSA had a pick six to cover that huge number, like with, with, with like under five minutes left. By yeah, the way, I also quarter. just saw the Fresno Hawaii score. I did, I did not know Fresno won. I was deep, deep into college basketball prep, deep into Utah State and St. Mary's, getting some 250 to ones, if you're listening. Should I give the people uh, my college basketball take real quick? Sure. Yeah, I mean, let's do this for everybody since college basketball is coming out this week. So I made a list of teams that are returning either their top five starters or their top five in like returning production like we do in basketball. What I did is I took the teams that lost all of their starters and returned nothing. And what I wanted to do was circle all the dates where these teams are matched up against each other in November and December and put them in my calendar, just auto play it. Assuming that a team with, you know, no players can't cover against a team with a whole bunch of returners. So our first one is when I land in Vegas, I'm going to be playing Loyola, Maryland at Chicago State. Ken Palm says it should be minus one. Loyola, Maryland returns everybody. Chicago State returns nobody. So that's the first one. Other than that, there's a lot of Nevada on here. A lot of Nevada. UT Arlington returns everybody. And they and lost 
everything. And their coach. Their coach is at Arkansas. Musselman, which, you know, good, bad, whatever, ugly. But listen, the three teams that return their top five and uh, producers uh, that go up against Nevada, if you're checking it, November 12th, UT Arlington at Nevada. November 19th, Nevada goes to Davidson. Davidson returns everybody. And on December 7th, Nevada goes to Air Force, and Air Force returns everybody. So there's your Nevada fade spots. Yeah. Look, we'll use this podcast for my college basketball futures. What you got? Instead of reading an article, you got to listen to podcasts. I have six college basketball futures, just like last year. I have a horse, and then I have a bunch of dark horses, and then I have a couple of darts. So I do over here. And I got to give out prices, like, if you can get better than. Like, here's my college basketball take in two minutes. All right, Michigan State, clearly the best team, especially Langer come back. The rumor is he's out for January. He might be out for the whole year. If he comes back, they're clearly the best team by far. If he doesn't, they probably still are the best team, favorite to win, but I don't care. And I don't care about Kansas. They're probably the second best team. They're under 10 to 1. I don't care. I don't care about Virginia and Texas Tech. They lost a lot. They're not going back to the finals. Get over it. Kentucky has some returning talent for Calipari. They're going to be pretty good, but no, I'm not interested in them either. Carolina, no. Duke, no. Name recognition. The team I want to buy, Louisville. By the way, they can make their free throws. I love Louisville. I think they win the ACC. That's my horse. I'm riding them throughout. Like, I, I am in love with the team. Don't tell my girl. Don't tell my friends. I live in Lexington. Yes, but it's Louisville. Uh, 12 to 1 or better. That's my horse I'm riding with. My dark horses. Trenton makes the world takes. Our producer, Matty Mitchell, tell you all about that. But, yeah, Seton Hall, man. I think they win the Big East. They have the guards that are – I mean, they have a stiff start. My, obviously, Miles Powell. They have star guard power. They have now the big man in the middle. Blah, blah. I can talk about all the players, but whatever. Uh, we, had, we had Eli write up a preview about Xavier. I don't hate that at 100 to 1 or better as a long shot. I want to get crazy. You can go Cincy. But the two teams – now, look, I modeled these things. The two teams I have in the top 25 are St. Mary's and Utah State, and I love them. Now, I actually have St. Mary's and Utah State. This is crazy. It's going to sound crazy to you guys. I have them in the top 15, both of them. Two, and you can get them like 250 to 1 in some places. Points bet. To be fair, Utah State finishes a top 30 team last year in my numbers, and St. Mary's as well. St. Mary's is a snail. They are a snail. Slowest team in the nation. I think they finished 351 or 352 in adjusted tempo last year. They're a snail. You know what that does? It reduces variance. And Utah State, you know what they do? They have two top 50 players, Sam Merrill, and then our boy in the middle who decided to come back from the NBA draft. He's going to be a uh, first-round pick next year. They have a billion guys who are 6'10". They have an elite defense at the rim. You know, you beat Utah State, you got to hit threes. Well, you get into the tournament, and you, you're not hitting threes. You have an off-shooting night. Syracuse-esque. They are worth a shot, and the Mountain West is so down. It is insane. They have a free ticket to the dance. All right, so I'm glad we got some college basketball talking there. All right, but let's get back to business. We got to go quick. I'm sorry for taking all your time, y'all. Uh, Mac, I don't know. I have no idea. If you have Mac games, and I probably will because they're coming up on Tuesday, Wednesday night. That's <sighs> it's a conference. It's hard to figure out this year. Uh, moving on to Mountain West, I do and I'll be dead wrong. And you know when I knew it was dead wrong is when Action Network said game starting and then Action Network app notifications said 
108 yard touchdown for Colorado State on the opening kick. Well, not winning that one. Uh, nothing else really to talk about. Nevada beat New Mexico at home. Boise State in a wild one against San Jose State, 52-42. I wanted San Jose State to win that game. Uh, talk about bowl motivated, by the way. That team wins every bowl game. I was looking at their bowl history because they go like every one, every four years. If you look at their bowl history, like 2015, 2012, like so it's like the senior class or whatever because they randomly go to a bowl and they always win it. So I want them to go to a bowl this year because we're going to bet them. And then Fresno beat Hawaii. Did you watch that game? What happened there? Yeah. I mean, Hawaii didn't score at all in the third quarter. Uh, you know, Fresno had to have a 31-point second half to, to to get back up in the game. I mean, they were trailing, like, what, 24-7 at one point? Yeah, and Cole McDonald got pulled midway through the fourth quarter. So, I mean, that I mean, but still, they scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. So, I'm glad Fresno pulled it out because that got three of the seven teams in the round robin home for anybody that followed along. Pac-12, uh, Oregon State rolled Arizona. Oregon State's, yeah, Oregon State's out of control. <laughs> score 68 points every game, except against Utah at home. U- UCLA rolls – something yeah. did not smell right to me about that game. It is the only reason I didn't bet Colorado. If Colorado got to a flat seven and I saw it, I would have bet them, and I'm glad I didn't. Stefano missed like a bunch of field goals, though. It missed like a 27-yarder. Weird game. Uh, and then the Pac-12 kept their hope alive with uh, enormous Utah comeback. I don't know why Washington blows all these leads. It's a very weird thing to figure out. Oregon beating USC. I mean, Pounding. Oregon is vulnerable, by the way. But Oregon dominated, deserved to win the cover. But, I mean, New Oregon was on the ropes. And, by I'm the way, t- the refs in that game, too many flags. I didn't say I got screwed in the game because of it. Like, just awful, awful officiating both ways. Uh, Oregon eventually got momentum and took over the game. But just this is the marquee game of the night that I was excited to watch. And, like, ugh, just an ugly game. And I, I didn't see anything – that makes me want to believe that Oregon should be in the playoff for over Oklahoma if they both finish with one loss, just to be honest. Oregon USC had multiple ejections for fighting and all kinds of ridiculous stuff going on. Keaton Slovis had a pick six there in the second quarter, and then right before the half, USC kicks it, kicks it, and Oregon has a 100-yard return right before half, and that was the difference. And then the game got blown out. It was relatively close until that point. So Yeah, the difference in Oregon and Utah, though, is Utah is a good coach. Oregon has yeah. uh, a clown running plays and fumbling if you have a leave of the minute to go. But he has no idea how to manage a game. Mario Cristobal, he just wants to worry about his offensive line blocking. He'd be a great offensive line coach, but, I mean, head coach? Eh, sorry. Um, SEC, Georgia beats Florida 24-17. Thank you, Jacob. Who is this? It's Jake from State Farm. Jake from State Farm for that throw at the end because I had the under. The refs were kind of bad in this game. Florida played a little better than I thought, mainly because they just threw it to Kyle Pitts. Georgia, the big the big knock on Georgia really was that they don't have any wide receiver targets. They can't create space and they can't get it down the field. You know, Cager playing is huge for them. Yeah, he had he had he had seven receipts in the game. But I mean, from, from yeah, he went out to eat seven times. Uh, <laughs> from hit eight different targets in the game. That's I mean that's a big thing. I mean they they spread it around. I mean, uh, but uh, it's. He also feels more comfortable with Cager in the game. It's just like a, a a blanket, you know. Right. I mean, we're not we're not mistaken. Cager for for you know for for Waddle and Rugs and Judy and and uh, Devonta Smith here, but uh, sure, you know, definitely big, definitely big uh, help to the Georgia offense. The Georgia offensive line is the best part of the team, and, and it's just a very fundamentally sound defense. Like it's it's just it's not going to wow you. It's not like you might get some yards on the field; they'll stop you in the red zone. 
They'll make their tackles. They fill the gaps in between. Yeah, they fill the gaps in between the tackles. And if you get a running back or a wide receiver out in space on the side, they Georgia will have a guy on them immediately. They're not creating a whole bunch of havoc, but they're not allowing defenses any success whatsoever. Yep, they will not lose you a game. Um, if your offense shows up a little bit, they will help you win a game against mm-hmm. elite teams. Auburn looked awful, by the way. Yeah. I don't miss. Uh, Bo Nix threw it 69 million times for no touchdown somehow. Bo Nix season in full effect. I don't know how deep we want to get into this, but the fact that Auburn, passing-wise, gave LSU a run. I mean, I, I wrote a piece up. You guys can read on action about me uh, and what I hit today on open, and it had to deal with the fact that I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Whether it's Mac Jones or Tua, if Bo Nix is thrown for over 300 against LSU, and I could see how – you know, if Auburn is offensively challenged, I can't even imagine what Alabama is going to do to this LSU defense. I still can't believe Bud Exeter for like – he threw like 50 attempts with no touchdowns. Yeah. So weird. Ole Miss fights. I got to give them credit. They're fighting this year. They make some dumb plays, and they don't know who they want to put in a quarterback if it's Plumlee running or Corral. And I – it's a very weird team, but they're fighting. Uh, that, cow loss, that cow loss hurts so much because now they're three and six. You know, yeah. they might not make a bowl. Yeah. That is something people know. We'll we'll talk about that later in the week. Yeah, that's a good point. Georgia Southern is alive now, and they beat App State. We we didn't talk about that on Saturday, but I know there was crazy storms, and but App State loses to Georgia Southern. Can you really say weather's an issue when a no, he's when, when a sun? Question, to be fair, a Sun Belt kicker's hitting a fifty yarder in in sixty mile an hour gusts. Are you kidding me? That was a crazy field goal. But yeah, well, App State goes down, and the funniest thing there was like all these national stories on the day. About like App State is more than you think. There was one on ESPN somewhere else, and at home they joined us other, and we, which they did last year on a weeknight too. <laughs> on the same night that West Virginia Baylor and West Virginia upset Baylor on the same night, it was the only two games. Weird, weird. I I but, guarantee, I guarantee, we're the only publication that put out that App State has serious issue with defensive line yards and the defensive front seven stopping the run. So they do. By the way, ULL covers again against Texas State. Your boys who scored. Three points. By the way, does every Texas State game go under? I don't know why. I bet a couple of their overs and lost, but I feel like every one of their games goes under because yeah. it's like a Sun Belt team and their offense stinks. Your boy. Yeah, yeah. and I, it, it's taken everything out of me not to bet Texas State today uh, against in the opener against South Alabama. So I, I'm not sure if I can last another 24 hours. Lie to me. Uh, Arkansas State wins a wild one over ULM, 48-41. That's a typical Sun Belt score. They got down 14-0 to before they roared back. Yeah, it looked bad at first. Uh, Coastal, weren't they in your round robin? One in the round robin by going for two. Going for two at the end. of They lined up to go for two. Troy jumped off sides. Uh, half of oh, my. The yard line, and Coastal was able to pop an option out left and, uh, and easily get into the two-point conversion and win the game. They did not want to go to overtime with Troy. Oh, my. All right, let me recap the NFL week in uh, two minutes. All right, Ravens beat Pats. Good spot. Great matchup. It'll always be a good matchup with the Ravens. They have good man corners. They run the ball. Pats have a weak, weak run. Deep. They still have all questions on offense. They'll get it together. Their offense line a lot of injuries. The best offense line coach in the NFL. Relax. It's still one week. But it was a banger for the Ravens. Kansas City gets a huge win. They didn't lose four straight at home over Minnesota uh, by three. Ugh. You know, I don't take too much from that game. Uh, Buffalo beats Washington. <sighs> Who cares? Washington hasn't scored a touchdown, by the way, since October 13th. 
Their next game is in two weeks. They haven't had a bye yet. It'll be over a month since scored a touchdown. Dwayne Haskins, for some reason, doesn't throw to the receiver, McLaurin, who every other Washington quarterback throws to, even though they were on the same team in college. Pitt, the voodoo runs out for Indianapolis. Fire Adam Vinatieri. You don't keep a kicker on an NFL team because he used to make kicks. There will come a time where Justin Tucker can't make kicks, and the Ravens will cut him as they should, and he will understand it. He will go sing opera because that's what he really wants to do. He's just taking a break because he's the GOAT. But you don't fucking keep him on a team because he used to make field goals. Like, this is a team that's in playoff contention for all their voodoo. Steelers back in the race up to 4-4. Four and four. It was a crazy ride. But, like, look, Adam Vinatieri's about to retire. Then he hit one field goal, and they're like, yeah, I'll keep coming back. Like, you got to remove the name. This is a business. It's crazy. Anyway, moving on. Carolina beats Tennessee 30-20. I had the under there. I felt like it was like 0-0 half of the first half. But, uh, Carolina wins. Uh, Kyle Allen covers and wins again. Don't really take much of that game. Seattle, ugh, as good of a day as I had. I had the Bucks plus six. It closes plus four. And you can't make a 40-yard field goal to win the game in regulation. The Bucks led the entire game. More Seahawks voodoo. At least I pushed. I still feel bad for some of you that followed after I bet it. Whatever. We will get our money. The Seahawks team stinks. They're so bad. Every single game they win is by one point or an overtime. Ugh, defense is an absolute disaster. It's a disaster. We will make so much money fading them. It's not funny. Uh, who do they have next week, by the way? They're at San Fran. God damn. Might not be the spot. Uh, <laughs> San Fran is so revenge the market. So hold off on that thought. We will get there eventually. Maybe go Seahawks next week. Who knows? We'll see where their number is. Uh, you got to love the NFL market. The Browns stink. Broncos get the one with Brandon Allen. Makes the pass look worse, by the way. That was like their best win against the Browns at home in a game they should have lost. Chargers, I am telling you, they start slow. They go two, they go one and four, two and four every year. Rivers now, what, nine and one against the spread in November in the last three years? This is what they do every year. The Packers are getting too much love. Look, I love the Pack. I always said the pot of my only future, but shit was due. The, the Pack, the Chargers probably loot for the next three weeks, by the way. They're getting healthier. Okun helps so much. Gordon getting up to game speed. Keenan Allen back healthy. Blah, blah, blah. All their defenders that were playing as replacements now have three, four games. Blah, blah, blah. Listen to our NFL pod. San Fran wins again. Yeah, they're good. We get it. Thursday night game. Who cares? Uh, Houston beats the Jags in London. Yeah. Appreciate our product. American made. Great roughing uh, the ground call, by the way. The Eagles beat the Bears. Mitch Bortles stole the job somehow. You've just been Bortled. Somehow the Bears traded up to the number two pick, took Mitch Bortles, and have a worse quarterback situation than the Dolphins, who are tanking for a quarterback, yet still beating the Jets, who have a first-round draft pick named Sam Darnold, who sees ghosts. So that's your NFL recap for the weekend. The Monday night game is a pretty good one if, if you like you know, rivalries, because this is a good one. Giants, Cowboys, this line. You're going to hear a lot about, you know, sharp versus square action tomorrow. You're going to have a lot of square money, chase money. If you didn't have the Ravens, not yet the Patriots, which I'm sure a lot of people did, and they shouldn't have, but they did. You know, a lot of people that bet the Patriots tonight that are saying, oh, my God, we got to bet the Cowboys tomorrow. So books are smiling, and there'll be Giants fans tomorrow. Same old story. Tomorrow night game. Favorite. Uh, I think this line's about right. You know, if you're going to bet, the Cowboys, you know, like the Cowboys, get the get the six and a half as soon as you can. If you like the Cowboys, they're getting healthier. They look really good. But the Giants have some promising things. And I will tell you, Daniel Jones looks a lot better 
And, you know, you saw it in the preseason. And I was honestly dismissed it. Like, yeah, it's the preseason. But you look at that, you look at what he's doing in games, and he's getting some of his weapons back. Uh, but the Cowboys have a really, really good run game. It's second to none. I shouldn't say second to none. Uh, I should say second to first because the Ravens are the best running game in the NFL. It's the second best running game in the NFL. One of the best offensive lines. And then you have the Giants secondary, which is so bad. So, you know, it's just the line to me feels spot on. Like it's a touchdown. And if it's six and a half, you know, I could argue maybe. I make a, Let me say this. I make it a touchdown. So if it's six and a half, I could say uh, there's like a, a speck of value on the Cowboys. If it's seven and a half, I could argue there's a speck of value on the Giants, like a speck. But to me, it's a game I avoid. I am not betting this game unless I see something live. Um, it's a division game. It's a divisional game. They're familiar with each other. The Giants are not as bad as their two and six record. The Cowboys are much better than their four and three record. Like, but it, it all comes down to their offensive line health. And when their offensive line is healthy, it's a dangerous team. Their play calling and coaching is not great, which always scares me about betting the Cowboys as a favorite. To me, stay away. Cowboys are potentially dangerous, you know, come January. They got to figure out their coaching. They got to keep Jerry Jones out of the, the box clappings. Every time he claps, something bad happens. But uh, that's that's my uh, my NFL rundown and spiel for Monday night. What do you got? Uh, I did take the Giants plus seven in the uh, in the Super Contest Gold. As far as buy low, sell high, really, this is where we look at teams that are coming off uh, teams that didn't win, they didn't cover, and they're going up against teams that did just win and did cover. Yeah, I mean, the first one is Titans plus three and a half versus the Chiefs. As if we record right now, like on Sunday night, I mean, this is Titans plus three and a half, and, and that's available at some books. Uh, but it's probably going to fluctuate with the news, you know, the confirmation that Mahomes is going to play in this game. And their you know, offensive line. There's there's things to watch with the Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. But I agree in principle. It's a great spot for the Titans. And if you want to do another in principle, you would say Browns minus two versus the Bills, but that is taking heavy Bills action right now. It's coming down from three down to a flat two here on Sunday night. So I don't know if you can back the Browns as a favorite. The number's coming down, so maybe you want to wait. If you're- Let it come down. I'm with you on the Browns. The Browns yeah. today were – it was not the side. There's something wrong with that team. And I had the Broncos. I got to watch a little more of that game. I watched some of it. But – you're right. That is my classic. You hear what I'm saying right now? Uh-huh. There's something wrong with the Browns. Narratives. NFL teams. Buy low, sell high. The Bills win again. The Bills are the Patriots. The Bills are literally the Patriots leading up to this week when they lost to the Ravens. Like, this is where you probably go on the road in a, you know, you buy low and then the, the Browns finally show up and the Bills get their – and the, the Bills stink. I mean, the Bills aren't good. They just beat garbage teams every week. I think the Bills uh, strength of schedule, like the Patriots was historically low after mm-hmm. eight weeks. I think the Bills now will surpass them because they, they played the Redskins this week and then the it, Patriots played the Ravens. It's crazy. They beat nobody. It certainly will in the coming weeks with New England's schedule. Their strength, the Bills strength of victory was the worst in the NFL coming into this week, by the way. So, um, Cincy plus 10 and a half, you already named that off. Cincy plus 10 and a half. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. We're going Cincy, baby. AJ Green back. Their defense is going to be healthier off a of bye. Ravens dancing in the locker room, popping champagne, hearing how great they are. Bengals always playing great. And their nemesis who haunts my dreams is A.J. Green, who's coming back next week. We'll have 16,000 touchdowns. NFL record, by the way. Anything else? Yeah, yeah, we got two more. We got Colts minus 11 against the Finns. Uh, Finns big win today against Adam Gase, our old head coach. Uh, so, but, I mean, this Brian one. Brian Hoyer? 
Uh, yeah, with Hoyer, I mean, that number's out live now at 11. I mean, you don't know how it's going to react with Jacoby Brissett or how many points he's worth to the spread. And the last one I mean, was – I don't even really think there's that much difference in Jacoby Brissett and Brian Hoyer, to be honest. Packers minus five and a half against the Panthers is the last one. So, Panthers look good today. Rebounded from a tough loss. Packers did not look good uh, out in L.A. So, uh, we'll see what – you know, Packers minus five and a half next week. Fair enough. I don't really disagree with any of them. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's Midweek Madness. And we're going to go quick. We're going to be on Twitter. We're going to we cover every single game in depth. We're going to go do these write-ups now. Name another harder-working man besides Colin who was willing to wake up in two hours. Now, by the way, I was at the bar for 13 hours and I'm here. Not in a robe this time. All right, so we're going to cover these games in depth on our Tuesday night live show. Our first of the year, first ever. We're going to cover all the games. So, uh, Toledo, minus seven and a half at home against Kent State. Any interest there yet? Yeah, I mean, there's the, the number is, you know, seven and a half across board. There is an eight out there flickering, but I make this Toledo minus three and a half. So, I'm not really sure if this number might be a little bit too rich for me. I mean, Kent is three and five. They're the most des- more desperate team. And Toledo's off a win with Eli Peters, a quarterback who has a ton of experience, played all of 2018, played in their bowl game. But Mitch Guadagni, uh, his status is just – Bonani. Yeah, I know. I always, I never get it right. Uh, his, his status is unknown for this game. Uh, so we don't know – you know, that's going to affect the point spread. It's lined like he is going to play in this game because of how yeah. good he's been for Toledo. But for me, this is all about what Toledo can do with the rush. And, uh, you know, uh, they're off an overtime win against EMU. They had 259 yards rushing from Bryant Kobach. Uh, and but the problem is, is Toledo's defense has given up an average of 35 points per game the last three. Uh, you know, Kent has a dual threat quarterback, uh, but you know, this is Toledo's offensive explosiveness is, is 10th on the rush and 25th in the pass, and that's really what this comes down to. Kent's D is 125th and 116th in, in pass and, and, and uh, rush explosiveness allowed, so they're not going to be able to keep up with, with um, Toledo whatsoever, especially on the ground where Toledo's just dominating people. Um, I think the number's too high at minus eight to back Toledo, maybe something live, but I project the total at 53. So I'm going to look at maybe possibly sweating an under here as Circa released it um, at 60. So I've got it projected at 53. All right. We'll have way more on it and we'll have to look into it. Kent State wants to play fast flash and uh, well, much more on that game. Everything you want to know. Also, Ball State, they are catching seven. Oh my God. We have two Mac games on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. They're both. Minus seven and a half home favorites. Yeah, you know, somebody's going down. Western uh, no. Michigan, uh, minus seven and a half at home. Yeah, I want to take Western Michigan in this game. The problem is I have it, I have a power rated minus five. That's holding me back a little bit. But, I mean, it's a huge game for Western Michigan to take possession of the West with a victory. They already have one over Central Michigan, so if they win here, they'll have the lead. They have a cross-division marquee game with Ohio next week, so this is a big one that they have to have uh, for the division. So today, the line, Western Michigan, every time it would dip down to six and a half, it'd get hit pretty hard. There's some shops that were at seven, and it got hit pretty hard and pop up to seven and a half. Lots of advantages on paper for Western Michigan here. We're going to have a live show on Tuesday. We don't need to go crazy. Uh, we still have to dig. Uh, we don't need to force it. And then Wednesday night, Miami, Ohio, Ohio, any initial it's, uh, Ohio seven-point favorite. Every MAC oh, – Tuesday and Wednesday, we get Maction. Every MAC team's a seven-point favorite at home. Ohio, seven-point favorite at home against Miami, Ohio. Any initial feel, we'll cover this on Tuesday night too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I make this minus 6.8 and the, the line's seven, so I didn't see anything here. But I, it took everything out of me not to bet Ohio today. I may end up betting Is Ohio. Is every team in the MAC four and four? 
<laughs> Everyone except Akron. So I'm looking to hit Ohio here. Uh, yeah. but the, the season stats have to be adjusted because Miami of Ohio has played a top 30 strength of schedule. You think about that loss, 76 to five to Ohio State. You know, you can't. You take those. You take those stats in. And it kind of. It kind of gives it a different light. But Miami of Ohio is three and one a conference. They were outgained by Northern Illinois. They were outgained by Buffalo. They were fortunate against Buffalo with four turn plus plus four and net turnovers. So I mean I'm looking to bet Ohio here in this game. It's just all about Nathan Rourke and he's gonna abuse the defensive ends for the Red Hawks. Fair enough. Uh we have Thursday night football too. We'll cover that on the live show on Tuesday. We've rambled enough here and uh also uh keep your voicemails coming live show. Tuesday night before Maction. I'm about to leave here and go look at college basketball and Maction games on Tuesday. We're going to write it out. We're going to have game previews. Thanks for joining me, Colin. Thanks for listening. We love you. Rate, review, subscribe, leave a review and a comment. You get into our uh, random draw for swag. Literally, just rate, review, and leave something. Say, Colin, you're the Lloyd Carr of gambling. Say whatever you want. Call me a Chad, Millman, whatever. Uh, that's it. Just listen. We love you. Love you for listening. We'll be here preparing for the next couple of days and Tuesday night exclusive action. We'll cover the rest of the weekday games. Updated playoff. Like, hold on. Playoff. Playoffs? Fucking playoffs? We sucked. That's what it boiled down to. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. We have our first playoff release. We're going to talk that. I mean, this Tuesday night shows going to be electric. Imagine not listening to this on Tuesday night. Yeesh, and college basketball starting Tuesday. Oh, boy. Oh, God, I'm so excited now. Uh, if you're not, I mean, you probably are. You're still listening. Uh, so we'll catch you all Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Cheers. Peace out. <laughs>